Welcome to another episode of JTV uh, in the era of lockdown. Um, we're doing more interviews virtually, um, but it's not stopping us from creating content and we're making use of the incredible technology uh, that we have available to us around the world. And I'm really uh, excited, delighted to be joined uh, by uh, a man who is not only a superb uh, in, uh, psychotherapist that, that helps people deal with uh, emotional uh, issues pertaining to themselves, pertaining to relationships with others, um, as well as uh, being a uh, qualified rabbi, um, but also someone who's had a real impact on me and my life and has been a real mentor to me. Uh, Yoni Hamilton, thank you so much for joining us from uh, your car, because I know your kids are asleep at this late hour. Um, so it's all very weird, but <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. Hi, Oli. Thanks so much for, for having me on JTV. You know, it's, it's, a, it's such a funny thing. In coronavirus, there's no rules. Anything can happen. And it's just so bizarre for me to be sitting in my car in the middle of the street uh, whilst my kids are asleep just uh, chatting to you. But uh, I guess that's, uh, that's all part of the coronavirus uh, landscape. Absolutely. In times of crisis, all the rules change. And um, yeah. we've been, you know, we've been, it's funny in a sense, we've been trying to do this for, for, for so long, um, get this, get this going, uh, an interview. And even though you know, we both live in London, but just because of our busy schedules, this is, in a sense, one thing that has happened because of lockdown is it's allowed people to, you know, have more time to do some things they might not have been able to, to do beforehand because of lockdown and, you know, diaries and schedules changing. Um, so we, we discussed that what we think would be really interesting for our viewers as an initial interview, given your psychotherapy background, um, would be to talk about um, different types of relationships and some of the things that people should be aware of, some of the pitfalls, some of the dangers, some of the dynamics to be aware of, um, because people can, people wrongly assume that just their natural instincts are always you know, will always be the right one and they can sometimes uh, fall down unnecessarily, and it's not necessary, they just need to be aware beforehand of some of the things, uh, the dangers, pitfalls of certain relationships going into them, I feel, and then they'd be able to navigate through them a lot better. Um, and so what I wanted to do and what we spoke about was talking about different types of relationships and what you thought, what you believe are some of the, from your experience, some of the important uh, perspectives to recognize going into these relationships and also some of the potential dangers and pitfalls. Um, so if that works with you, could we start by talking about um, a relationship between, and just to set out the four different relationships I want to talk about. I want to talk about employee and employer. I want to talk about parent and child. I want to talk about spouse or partners. And I want to talk about friendship. And friends. So can we start by talking about employee and employer and the kind of dynamics that go on from both both sides there? Sure, sure. I mean, ju just as a just to give a, to give a bit of a context to our discussion about relationships, I think it's important just to put it on the table that relationships, I mean, it, it's how we, <laughs> a relationship is just how we relate to other people. Um, a person can have so many faculties that, and that that's if they're on their own, if they're insular, um, that are not tested, that are not triggered. Faculties like uh, uh, attention, concentration, memory, uh, determination, um, drive, creativity, all these things a person can have talents and abilities, but if they're not around other people, so they're, they're never tested and they're never triggered. There's something about being with other people in a relationship, 
whether it's employee-employee, whether it's spousal relationship, whether any sort of partnership, friendship, uh, parent and child. Uh, I was just saying it's, it's important to recognize that uh, a relationship trigger other people, tr- tr- trigger you. Um, when a person is with another person, um, so everything comes out. So, so the, 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 point, the point I'm making is, is that when it comes to relationships, um, they come, even though you, you, want to, you want to examine in different spheres, different areas of relationships, at the end of the day, um, there is a common denominator that's uh, a thread that's woven through every relationship, and that is who you are and what triggers you, the issues that you're dealing with, whether it's anger, whether it's a need for control, or whether it's insecurity, they're going to manifest and they're going to come out in every single relationship. So it, it, it's very rare that someone has uh, positive relationships uh, uh, and has ne- in in their life and then has very negative relationships. It just doesn't happen um, unless, for example, you're speaking about employer employee. Unless it's very one sided. Unless, let's say, someone who's an employee is a very dedicated, committed, loyal employee and just has a boss who's exploitative uh, and manipulative. Um, and that can happen, of course. One of the dangers when it comes to money, if, if someone if someone feels that they're paying you. Uh, if an employer feels, if I feel I'm I'm paying someone, there is the tendency to feel that if I'm if I'm paying you, then um, I, I want to squeeze everything I can from you. I I, I I want you to work as hard as you can and to be as committed as you can. Um, and there often is the challenge when it comes to any employer, um, a bit like the uh, the goose that lays the golden eggs, um, the desire that you want to squeeze as much as you can from the from the goose, um, that you end up. <laughs> You know, like, I think I think it's one of the one of the fables. Aesop's fables is that you just end up killing killing the goose because you want to you want to extract the egg, and you realize you killed the goose. Um, so obviously, a clever employer is going to have a, a more of a long term uh, perspective in terms of working with their employee. Um, uh, often these things are built into legalities now and in contracts, but uh, there is still that remnant of a tendency. That if, if an employer is employing someone, then they own them. And therefore, they can be freer with how they treat them, um, how they speak to them, what they say to them, uh, the respect that they give them. Uh, it takes a, a high quality employer to be able to treat his employee with respect um, and, uh, and, and to trust him. So I, I, would, I would say in terms, in terms of challenges, that would be something that's, you know, obviously there are books written about this, seminars about this, but, but something that's important to bear, bear in mind if you're an employee and you're listening to this is that there is that tendency. Again, it could be a subtle tendency. Obviously, your hands, your hands are, are, are bound by, by contract and legalities, but um, are, how respectful are you as an employer to your employee? At the same time, as an employee, the challenge of, of being an employee is working hard, um, and not wanting to exploit your employer. Um, you know, it's very it's very easy when, when you're working for someone um, to think about how you can duplicate this if you see them being successful, how I can create and do my start my own organization, um, how, how I can do my own thing. So, so I, I would say bottom line is that the air that an employer and employee have to breathe is one of trust. Um, and trust is really a thread that's woven through every relationship. I would say it's, it's, it's the basic building block of any healthy relationship is trust. If there's no trust, then any relationship can't exist. It's almost like uh, uh, the olive base. You know, it's, 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 it's the ABC of any, any healthy relationship. 
And just talking about that in terms of healthy relationships, what's interesting is, is there's no litmus test, there's no blood test that one can take for, uh, uh, for psychological uh, health. We, we don't know. When it comes to physical health, the person can have a blood test, you can have an X-ray, you can have an MRI. When it comes to psychological health, uh, it's, it's very difficult to gauge someone's psychological health. But one thing I would say is a bit of a litmus test, and that is how they function in relationships. Um, and the reason for that is, is because trust is such an indicator of a healthy personality. If you can trust someone, um, or if someone can trust you, so that says a lot about you. Mm. To, to, to what extent do you think that an employee owes loyalty to their employer? I mean, surely that has its, that has its limits. Yeah, of course, it's, it's, it's a fine line. And obviously, um, an employee can't be so loyal that he lays himself vulnerable to being exploited by the employer. But part of, part of being an employee is the understanding that, that, that he's loyal. It's, it's a, yeah, these, these things are, are, are very, they're, they're subtle and obviously they change and fluctuate from situation and from, from, from person to person. But uh, loyalty is, um, loyalty is an understanding that you're paying me money um, and therefore I'm going to do my, I'm going to do the best I can. Obviously, I mean, one of the challenges nowadays with technology that people can be available anytime, any 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 time of the day um, is a real challenge. And obviously, any employee has to set boundaries. There have to be boundaries that are set. And it has to be understood. Um, otherwise, it's just <laughs> they're, laying themselves, they're laying themselves open to being exploited. And you've spoken about you've spoken about what sort of should be the perspective of an employer and an employee. But what about when one party isn't treating the other fairly and let's just say it's not on the cards for the employer to be able to you know sack the employee or for the employee to leave the employer's the, the job with the employer um it, it's just just not possible that at that time or, or it's they they can tolerate it enough but it's very difficult let's just say there's some level of abusiveness which can happen you know on both sides the employer to the employee but also the employee can can really try and power play uh, with the employer because they can say, you know, I'm, in, I'm indispensable or whatever that is. Um, you've surely had experience seeing this kind of thing happen. What, what, what do you say when, when those kind of things take place? I mean, it's, it's, it's a real challenge just because um, finances are, are, are at place. And once finances are at stake, so then people are vulnerable on both sides, both employers and employees. Um, abuse is something that's very subtle and very easy to happen, and it can almost creep up on a person. Um, abuse is is not something necessarily that's blatant. How do you just, uh, how do you abuse define can abuse? Be subtle. How what? Sorry. How do you define abuse? Abuse is um, something where I mean. Again, there's full-scale abuse where people are, are being psychologically or emotionally or physically being hurt. But abuse, I would say, is when one is being taken advantage of, where either the employee or employee, where, where, where someone's being taken advantage of um, in some way. Um, obviously, obviously, there's no, there's no hard and fast rules. Uh, um, it can be something that can, can, can take place every so often. 
it's 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 something uh, an abusive relationship um is is is, is definitely um something that can happen even once abuse can happen on a one-time event a person can feel abused if he feels hurt if he feels that someone have got these 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 things are complex and that's why um you know there there are tribunals and there are court courts that are set up to to deal with this and to analyze it to understand it it's very hard to to talk about these these things on one leg but um an abuse is you know, it could be people who are sensitive an employee can be very sensitive and it could be an employer is not being abusive um but i i would say that, 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 that there is an objective um uh, uh, handbook of how to treat people uh, objective basic uh, a basic etiquette of, of just how to treat people and once that once that line is crossed then potentially i mean uh, just to, to be hurtful to someone doesn't mean there, there is also as well office banter there's office banter and and, and that can easily uh, become abusive um but uh people I, I would say people know if they're being abused or not or if they're being abusive P- people human beings know um, it's not a surprise so I, I, I again it's hard to define, but I, w- I would say consistent uh, uh, negative uh, uh, behavior uh, towards someone in a way that's hurtful. Right, right. And again, how 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 you're saying there's not much people can, can do sometimes, but what can people do to help protect themselves? Or do you, you usually recommend where they feel there's a lot at stake in terms of their job or their business, um, better to confront or better to just Ignore, keep calm, and carry on. Well, there's often there's often can be collateral damage. An employee or an employer has a family. When they come home at the end of their workday, they bring their work with them. If they have an, abu- an an abusive relationship at work, so they're going to bring that home to their spouse and to their family. You know, the slamming the door, the kicking the cat. You know, that sort of a thing. These are um, uh, so there's no one lives in a vacuum, and if they don't have a family, they've got friends. Um, so. So an abuse um, has an impact, a bit, a bit like any contagious disease, you know, it impacts, impacts other people and uh, everyone is affected when someone is in a bad mood or upset or hurt. Hurt people, as they say, hurt, hurt others. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, I, one of the challenges of, 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 of abuse is that it often can have, particularly if there is a, manip- a manipulative personality involved, is that abuse can happen very subtly. It can take place, um, especially if someone someone is a skilled manipulator, and there are personalities around, of course, where people are uh, narcissistic or, 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 or manipulative um, and can take advantage of people. They like they like taking advantage of people, um, and, and they enjoy that. They enjoy having they enjoy exercising the control and power over another human being, um, and they know they're skilled at doing this. They know how to do this. This can happen subtly subtly with words and getting people to commit to certain things and doing certain things. And when, they, when, someone, when someone looks uh, uh, back over a period of time, they suddenly realize that they're in an abusive relationship. And I think, I think that's an important thing to bear in mind is that abuse doesn't suddenly just happen. Um, there, there's, there's a statement in the Talmud, uh, I think it's very uh, insightful here. Um, it says, this is the way of, of the evil, evil inclination. The evil inclination, right, it's, it's, it's Talmudic, uh, understanding the, 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 or Talmudic context that every human being is battling with insanity on some level and with struggles of, of, of life, uh, whether it's procrastination or laziness or, or, or desire that he can't control, some sort of area of self-control. And, 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 and the, 
the Talmud says this is the way, this is the modus operandi of how the uh, evil inclination works. Um, it says, today I'll make a person do this, and tomorrow a person will, t- will take this small step. And finally, eventually, he'll worship idols, which is sort of the, the, ultimate, uh, the ultimate sin. Um, but the idea is, is that things happen step by step, these subtle, um, nuanced um, exercise of control and power uh, 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 can grab a person before they know it, they're in the, they're in the grip of it. It's the, it's the subtlety, it's the, it's the step by step. Um, and, and before a person knows it, he realizes that he's involved in, in an abusive relationship. And sometimes people don't know they're in an abusive relationship. Often people don't know what's going on there. They, they can't put their finger on it. It's something about their boss that just bothers them, just rubs them up the, rubs them up the wrong way. Rubs them up the wrong way. People are not necessarily psychostatic. They don't understand the dynamics of what's happening. But they're feeling pain. They're feeling hurt. They're feeling taken advantage of. It's feeling exploited. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think we've covered sort of the key um, the key key points that people have to bear in mind, both as employers and employees. And I think you know one of the take home points that you're making is that you can't, that it sounds like you can't. It's 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 very difficult to just accept um, you know an abusive relationship and 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 maintain in the long term and maintain a healthy state of mind and have other healthy relationships because you're saying it trickles into all areas of areas of life. So when those things happen, yeah. you want to try and yeah. get out as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. Even though just just to add to that, and was one of one of the one of the um, the thing that fuels the strength of someone who could exploit in an employer-employee relationship is they realize, let's say, the employee or the employer uh, uh, need them financially, depend upon them. Once there's dependence, then and I think this is a key to remember because it's different from all, than all other relationships. Once there's dependency, then that's fertile ground for abuse to take place. Because a person's dependent upon you. He's going to allow, or he or she is going to allow a, a lot more abuse to happen and willing to take a lot more. I think it's, I think it's an important, uh, and that's one of the reasons why it can be possibly a more common uh, in, in employment relationships. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like your general advice is when there's dependence and abuse, do whatever you can to end the dependence, basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's not necessarily always possible, but I, I think one needs a mentor. I think in terms of if we're looking for advice, uh, uh, you know, take home advice is that one always has to have someone outside that they can check in with um, just just to make sure, you know, objectively, is this OK? What's happening to me? You know, I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable with this relationship. Uh, uh, is this how a boss should treat an employee? Is this how an employee should should, should, should be treating his, his, his boss? Is this OK? Um, one, one can't. Yeah, one needs someone to check in to get objective healthy outside uh, a calibration. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, that was great. Let's move on to the next type of relationship, um, which will uh, <laughs> create all kinds of uh, interesting dynamics and challenges for people of all age groups, really, uh, which is the one of uh, child and parent and vice versa. Um, I'll just let you sort of dive right into that one. So, so someone said to me, there's, 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 only, there's only two people in your life that have a hotline to your kishkas, a hotline to your, to your innards, you know, that can really push your buttons, and that's your parents. 
Um, that's the nature of of, of parent-child relationships. It's a fraught relationship. Um, I, I just want to say, just from a, from a Jewish perspective, because um, I, I think it's important just in terms of giving a context uh, to parent-child relationships, um, and that is, uh, the Talmud quotes Abaya. Abaya was one of the famous uh, Talmudic teachers, and he was an orphan. He had no parents. And he, he, he says about himself how fortunate he is, how, how it, of, course, <laughs> of course, it's very difficult not to have parents to, li- to live as an orphan, but he says that there's an aspect of a silver lining here that he doesn't have the challenge of honoring his parents uh, because one can never really fulfill properly their obligation of, of, of honoring and respecting their parents. Um, and, and I think that's, that, that, that's the real biggest challenge. Judaism puts a huge emphasis, I mean, it's one of the Ten Commandments, huge emphasis on honoring and respecting one's parents. And this really uh, is where the challenge is. Often, Children, especially this generation, seems to be particularly sensitive. Um, I can't complain because uh, this is a source of many of my clients. <laughs> but uh, um, there, are, there are often uh, challenges of, of parents uh, and children. And children often blame their parents. It's, it's, why most people are coming into therapy uh, is blaming their parents for some misdemeanor or some way, way that they were treated over a, over a long period of time and, and then some traumatic childhood. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not negating that, but I'm just saying that um, that is a, a bit of a challenge uh, in, term, in terms of blaming parents um, and at the same time maintaining an honor and a respect uh, uh, for who they are. Um, can I just ask, so, before, you, um, I mean, before, you, before you continue, can I just ask, why is, it that, why is it that parents have this power to really, as you said, uh, get into people, you know, really touch a nerve and, 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 and t- push all the wrong buttons in, in, in their children? So, no, so I'm just saying, I, in, in our formative years, um, you know, growing up from the age of, 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 of uh, naught to, to, to eight to ten, our parents were the most powerful people in our lives. They held the purse strings um, and, and uh, they made the decisions about what we could eat, what we couldn't eat, where we, we could go, where we could go, what we could do. They, they, were, they, they were omnipotent, so to speak, in our lives. Um, and therefore, um, we, we, seek, we seek their approval. Children, children are hardwired to seek their parents' approval. And that, that never really goes away. You know, you have, you have the uh, uh, 40 or 50-year-old businessman that still is trying to... Uh, uh, get his mother's approval. Um, it's that, that's the na- that's the nature of. So whenever there's a, a potential disappointment, or there's criticism, or there's judgment, or there's perceived withdrawal of love, um, it's going to impact so much more uh, a child than it would be someone else. That's so interesting that it's you so, say that because is it? I I, so I thought maybe it could be more the fact that, as you say, you see them as being omnipotent and being totally you know, write about everything. And then you grow up and then you start to feel like, oh, well, that, that thing you do irritates me or that I don't like or that. And I thought the irritation comes more from like, I thought you were this, but I thought you were perfect, but now I see some level of imperfection. And that's like very hard to swallow. Is that, could that be part of it? That's, de- that's definitely there. That's definitely there. That's the question that the dynamic that takes place is that as a child becomes older, and it's, it's, it's the real challenge actually of teenager. Um, and it's often a source of rebellion because a teenager uh, suddenly realizes that his parents are not necessarily right and they're not perfect. Um, and they, they look around 
and they see uh, other people and how they would do it and it will be a better way of doing it. Um, so, so, yeah, no, no question, starting to see the imperfection of parents um, is, is something. But that, that doesn't explain why it is um, that we feel so, um, why we're so attached to our parents, why, why what they think about us, their perception of us and their approval of us and their withdrawal of love or not. Um, and there, it has such an impact on us, why it's so important. Um, it's so important because because of the role they 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 play in our lives, the formative the formative role they played in our lives. So uh, it, I mean the truth the truth is that there isn't there there are books uh, there are, there's a whole libraries of, of books. Child relationship is um is is fraught with challenge. Uh, there's there's it's very rare. That there is a relationship between parents and children, and of course, of course, you know, in compare, you know, when we contrast it to say friendship, you don't choose your parents, and your and the parents don't choose their children. You know, parents have enormous expectations of of, of their children. Um, there are often, especially if someone's not worked out yet and hasn't worked through their issues, it could be massive triggers for their own insecurities and their own failings in life. Um, uh, 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 viewing their children as uh, uh, and the lack of success of their children as, as, as a lack of their own success. You know, there, there are many, um, many ways that parent-child relationship can become enmeshed, as we call it. Absolutely. So what would you say are some of the um, pointers that people can take on in order to get the best out of those relationships? I, I, I would say it's, it's a key in any relationship. But particularly parent-child relationship, because it's so fraught with challenge, um, is an ability to um, sort of to take things on the chin, to be to be not so sensitive, and to be able to overlook whether it's criticism, whether it's perceived judgments, um, whether it's a comment that might have upset sensitivity in any relationship, but particularly in parent-child relationship, um, um, is, isn't going to bode well. Um, you know, because humans are, are, are infallible and they're, 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 there are often things that we can do that our children or, 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 or our parents uh, perceive as, um, as, as, as uh, you know, as, as a negative. And they, they weren't intended to be like that. You know, it's a challenge of all human relationships. Since being too sensitive, I would say, um, is, is a common theme in and a breakdown of relationships and particularly parent-child relationships. But is that, um, is that an ability to sort of... Is, is that, some would argue that that's saying like, don't expect too much from this relationship, from, from a parent-child relationship, you know, hold back some of your sensitivity, meaning don't get that, that people could interpret that as, you know, don't get too close. In other words, don't, you're saying don't have such high expectations. I feel like some people might, uh, you know, want to say no? That's wrong. That's not how it how it should be. I'm not, I'm not saying don't have too high expectations. I'm saying I'm saying in in a dynamic, a, a phone call, something was said, uh, um, there was an intonation, or there was uh, something that was done that, that that wasn't appreciated. Whatever it may be, just to sort of let it let it go. Uh, um, sort of be be the bigger person, whether you're as a parent or whether as as, as, a, as a child, just to sort of let things go and not to be. And not to be too sensitive. Um, and how do you ensure be, that doesn't lead to, uh, not to let, how do you ensure that let, doesn't lead to resentment building up? Um, yeah, 
it, it, it's, a, it's a good point. It's a good point. I, I think if people are able to see the perspective, uh, I said that there, there is a difference between being a bigger person and letting it go and really feeling it and it bothering you uh, and you don't do anything about it. Um, um, and, and then you let it build up. In other words, a person knows, a person knows if they're just uh, biting the bullet and swallowing it and really upset about it and seething, or if they, they're able to see the bigger picture and realize that this person is someone who I love, someone who I care about, and okay, they, they made a mistake. Uh, uh, they didn't, they said something that hurt me. They didn't intend, they didn't realize they hurt me. They, they didn't intend to do it. Um, and I'm going to be the bigger person. We, we know, in other words, you, you're right. It looks, it looks the same, but in terms of qualitatively, it's very different. And, and, and listen, don't, don't get me wrong. This is a very difficult quality to, to develop. Um, you know, it's, it, it, there's a greatness to it, uh, to be a bigger person and to be able to um, uh, be above, almost. Uh, go above uh, um, uh, pettiness. Uh, but I really feel that this is the oil that lubricates a healthy relationship, particularly with parent-child, uh, when, when there's so much at stake and, and it's so fraught with challenge is just to be able to step above that and not, not, not taken in by that, not to be petty. It's, it's so funny that, um, you know, these things, they seem so, they seem so uh, to, you know, they, 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 I'm sure they'll seem so self-evident to a lot of people. And yet many people, you know, they battle huge amounts in this, in this particular uh, relationship in this area because it's like, it's almost like we were saying at the beginning, it would be so much more helpful if life handed a manual to you that, that, that sort of made you aware of these things so that people wouldn't naturally um, fall into these uh, pitfalls. I, I wonder then, how do you understand the, the, the Torah's emphasis on respecting one's parents? And how, how does that play into all, the, all of what you've just said? I mean, it's, there, there, there is so much of an emphasis on it. It's not just in, in the Ten Commandments. Uh, throughout the Talmudic literature, parents honoring parents um, is, is seen as one of the uh, greatest things that a person a person can do. Um, and many illustrations illustrations of this um, we don't have time, you know, beyond the scope of this of this discussion. But um, you know, there, there, are, there, there are some of the illustrations. Even if a parent was to come up come up to someone and hit them, they should just accept it. Um, it's it's. I mean, I think sim simply speaking, it's. Um, I mean, there, there's there's it, it, it's hard it's hard to it's hard to put a perspective on on par parental relationships and on, on honoring parents as just. Um, you know what? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. It's. It, it's. It's a. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know about terms of um, the balance between honouring parents and respecting them, and at the same time um, dealing with issues that might come up with parents. Um, it, it, it's, one, one of the reasons why why it's a bit difficult for me to answer, me to answer have in my in my therapy room, I have in my 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 uh, uh, private practice. I have people that come in, like I said, primarily uh, the source of their issues are about blaming parents and issues that have happened growing up, things that their parents have done, um, and they find it almost impossible to honour their parents, to respect their parents, especially if abuse has gone on. Um, so, so that 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 that's a real question. I I would say it's something for a spiritual mentor uh, to discuss. Us about how there's a fine line between 
when when one can and has to and how one respects parents that let's say are abusive or neglectful um but 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 i, I just want to emphasize that the, the Torah does put a huge emphasis this on it. um how how that dovetails and, and synthesizes with uh, uh abuse and neglect and uh, is, is 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 not an easy thing to answer mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and uh I mean, as you say, the, certainly in the Talmud, it talks about scenarios where you do have actually abusive parents, and yet the, some of these great. Uh, uh, I, I lost ju- sorry. I lost, I lost. I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear you. Sorry. I was just I, saying that the, the Talmud does, as you say, talk about instances of great uh, people, uh, great rabbinical sages that had abusive parents and yet remained at uh, sustained a level of respect that was just you know remarkable um and clearly and i think it's probably a discussion for uh, it's, it's probably for a separate discussion you're right um, but clearly the Torah places huge huge emphasis on the importance of respecting uh, one's parents honoring one's parents um and i think it's probably a discussion for another time but i think we've probably dealt with uh, the key issues around how to make the most out of that relationship and, and, and navigate the best way you just, can through that. Just, just, just on, on, on that point, just to add one point, there is a distinction between showing honour and showing respect as opposed, opposed to a relationship. Honour and respect their parents without necessarily having a relationship. A parental relationship doesn't have to be uh, uh, like a friendship. Uh, it doesn't have to be where there's mutual sharing. Of course, there, it's important that there's trust, but it doesn't mean that parents have to be friends and parents have to be, well, everything has to be shared. Uh, one can still show honor and respect without uh, um, having, uh, without, without a parental relationship being uh, like a friendship. Yeah, I, I personally think that a lot of it comes down to learning about, you know, for me, one of the most central elements of Judaism of the Torah is gratitude. And ultimately, a huge source of, you know, gratitude is about being recognizing the blessings you have in your life. And the greatest blessing of all is your existence. And two agents that played a huge role in your existence are, are your parents. And also the more, you know, you think about, you, you, the Torah doesn't allow us to ignore um, gratitude, even when it's, uh, you know, uh, complex. An example is um, Moses isn't allowed to smite the river Nile, uh, it had to, and, and which led to the plague of blood. Uh, it had to be Aaron because Moses should have should, was meant to have uh, gratitude, hakara satov, to the the river Nile for saving him when he was a a baby boy. And I think that's probably that probably has a lot to do with it. You know, it's not so much necessarily about is there a great should you have a good or a bad relationship. It's about recognizing where is the source of your existence. And I think that's why it's listed as the fifth of the first five of the Ten Commandments, which seem to be otherwise all about the relationship between man and God. In other words, it's about learning, focusing on, on, on the source of your existence, on, on, why you sh- on, on, on gratitude. And I think it's there to sort of, it's, 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 this commandment is very much about your relationship with God, actually, and, and building gratitude there and focusing on recognizing the source of your creation, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Very fair point. Very fair point. In fact, just talking about that is, is that is that gratitude. What's interesting is, is you mentioned before about Moses smiting the uh, 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 um, the river, is that 
Of, of course, the question is, <laughs> the river's not going to, to, to take any notice. Uh, um, you know, the, the, the river is, is not a conscious being and uh, not aware of this. Um, gratitude is, is not as people think that it's, it's a quality of man to man, um, but rather the, um, <clears throat> the characteristics of, of a human being, the characteristics of the person has to develop through, through his journey in life. Um, are, 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 there's, a, there's a third category. It's not, there's between man and man, man and God, a man and oneself. And gratitude, in fact, is really um, between, a quality between man and oneself. In other words, a level of human sensitivity uh, of gratitude, uh, this attitude of, of being grateful. Um, and, and you're right, in, in the word, a, uh, a spiritual healthy person is someone who has a developed attitude of, 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 of gratitude. Because really gratitude comes from an ability to, uh, to, to notice positive things in one's life. If, if you don't have that 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 highly attuned conscious uh, sensitivity to, to what's what's positive in your life, then you don't open yourself up to 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 to, to blessing or to appreciation. Um, and and, and on, a, on a deeper level, it's uh, when a person has gratitude, it flexes the muscles of him uh, being grateful to God, um, and and therefore it fuels his his his, his drive and his spiritual endeavors uh, to become a greater human being. Um, Definitely. Okay, let's let's now move on to uh, friendship, uh, relationships between two people. It's really very much an equal kind of relationship uh, between two people who aren't related to each other. Uh, well, they could. I mean, they could be potentially, um, but they. It's very much uh, a voluntary uh, relationship that you know is is chosen. It's not one that's sort of foisted upon you at, like it is with family. Um, so, what are the important things to bear in mind when it comes to friendship? I mean, just as a, uh, as a, as a starter, I feel that one of the poisons, uh, a cancer, so to speak, in relationships uh, with friends is uh, a jealousy. Jealousy can lead to hatred, um, especially if you're a good friend of someone. So you're in their life and they're in your life. They see your successes as well as your, your downfalls. And you see theirs. Um, and uh, if things are not going, this can easily happen. If someone is a good friend. And again, we're not talking about here about what, what social media called friends. You know, that, that's acquaintances. Uh, um, we're talking about a real, if, if a real friendship is developed. And we're not talking about necessarily, it doesn't have to be necessarily school friends, people you just happen to be friendly with, and therefore you stay in touch with them. And we're talking about a friendship that's nurtured um, and that's developed. And, and just, just as a... a, a you know, the Mishnah in Pirkei Ovis, uh, says, famously quoted, the person should acquire a, a friend. And a lot of the commentators discuss there that a friendship is so important for life. It's so essential uh, for a successful life to have someone who is a real, genuine friend who cares about you and is rooting for you and will do anything for you um, uh, and loves you, um, that it, it's even worth uh, uh, paying for such a friend. And of course, it doesn't mean necessarily just financially, but it means investing, investing in that relationship, whether it's time, whether it's effort, whether it's resources. Um, a, a, a friendship is probably the most important thing that a person can uh, put his endeavors uh, into developing. Um, I, I, I really feel, again, I've, ne I've never uh, done a study on this, but I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the difference, the ba a basic difference between successful people in life is whether they have a good friend 
a good friend in their life, or if they don't. Are you saying? Um, are you saying even more? Are you saying even? Uh, uh, are you saying even more? Than, even more than spouse or you know partner? I mean, well, well, the truth. The truth is, is that an aspect we, we say we say in, in the Sheva Brachot when when a person gets married that there should be Ava v'Achva, there should be love and there should be brotherhood, uh, shalom, peace, vareus, and friendship. Um, so that there, there should be an aspect, a dimension of friendship uh, with, with the spouse. Um, there, there's no question. Uh, so, so really, we're talking about not, not necessarily having a friend, but nurturing a, a, a friendship. Um, so if a person, many, yeah, so having ha, for a wife or a, or a husband to, 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 be, to be a friend is, is crucial, is essential, but also for someone to have a friendship outside marriage, <laughs> someone to speak to about their marriage <laughs> or about their family. Uh, but but having a friend, having friendship in one's life is an essential gift. It's really a gift. Um, and, and, I, and I was saying before that the poison, the cancer, that the, 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 some, something that can rot and, and chip away at uh, true friendship is, is jealousy. Um, um, and, and the mistrust that comes from that and the hatred, because you're so much involved in someone else's life and they're so much involved in you, uh, in, in your life. Um, and uh, it just chips away, and it's subtle. It's very subtle. It's like what we were talking before about abuse. Um, it can just creep up on a person. Um, and unless a person guards his, uh, a, 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 a builds a fence to guard his garden, so to speak, to, to uproot the weeds and to be aware of what's happening. Um, but by the way, I, I, I would say generally, it's a bit of a therapist thing to say, but I, I think it's important to, uh, to make this point, is that in any relationship, and if a person is not self-aware, um, um, then it's going to be difficult for him to have a successful relationship because there are so many subtle things that can happen, whether it's before we were talking about employee-employee relationships, uh, uh, abuse happening, or whether it's in friendship, uh, uh, jealousy developing. These things are some emotions. Um, and unless a person is aware of himself and emotionally in tune with himself or has, has a, a level of self-awareness, then... Um, he's not going to catch himself. He's not going to be aware until it's too late. Um, and many friendships, good friendships, friendships where people have been dedicated and loyal to each other um, after years can just end on something, some, something small. And often what's happened is, is that there's been a subtle buildup of mistrust or, or jealousy or, or anger or things festering uh, that weren't dealt with. And obviously, I mean, it, it goes without saying, but, but parts of a, a, a relationship is a relationship don't just happen people have to work on their relationship a relationship has to be maintained a communication and again we're touching on things here each one of them is a, is a discussion on its own but but healthy communication in any relationship is is essential whether it's employee employee whether it's it's, it's spousal ability to communicate to speak to discuss things to, to feel that there's a forum and a space where i can talk to you and you talk to me so uh so that there are things obviously that can be done to maintain uh, and, and keep he healthy relationships but uh, in a nutshell i would say that the biggest if we're talking about challenges or pitfalls of uh, a friendship i would say that uh, it, it, it possibly is, is jealousy and to, to the extent where, where possibly it's a good idea for a friend to hold back from someone else hold back for, 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 from someone you know if, if you if you know your friend uh, is going through a difficult time uh, to, to be sensitive about sharing information that, that the things that are happening in your life, even though you rely on him for advice, or rely on her for for, for guidance or for the support, um, it, it's not necessarily the right time. That, that it, it's sensitivity 
high sensitivity is needed for any successful relationship, but particularly friendships. Uh, and, and spousal is, is included in that, of course. Um, you know, that, that's why one of the reasons I, I, once, I once heard from a divorce lawyer, I was speaking to, 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 to a family lawyer who uh, specializes in divorce, um, and she was telling me that at the moment, one of the biggest causes she sees for divorce is often Facebook. Uh, pe- people have seen other people's presentation of their perfect family on holiday or, or, or whatever they're doing. Uh, just done up their house or they're in this perfect pose, you know, if we were to see behind the scenes how many hours it took to get that perfect pose, you know, but but you, you're seeing the perfect pose and uh, and that creates jealousy. People see that and uh, and it sows the seeds of, of, of upset and anger. So I, I would say one needs a high level of sensitivity as to what to share with his with his or her friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask three specific questions about this. I hope you'll be able to remember all three of them. The first one is, um, how, do you av- how do you avoid having jealousy in a, in a friendship? The second one is, um, how do you... Um, what was my question? The second one was, how do you ensure that... Um, you communicate, you said communication is essential, but sometimes, and we've discussed this previously, not all communication, just just saying exactly how you feel the whole time, especially if you're upset with someone or you feel like there's a, you know, disparity in terms of who's giving to who, sometimes you have to be careful in communication. So I just wanted you to talk about, you know, communication is important, but it, that doesn't mean just splurting out exactly how you feel. And then the third question was, what happens if you feel there's, a disparity in the friendship in terms of you feel like you're a lot more invested than the other person. You really like the other person. You don't think they're doing anything wrong, but you feel there's this disparity. Is that something you should bring up or is that something you should, you know, and how much should you push before, and if they're, they're not, re, you know, reciprocating before you just sort of give up? I, I, w- I would say, uh, yeah, I was just, in answer to all three, I would say when there's love, in the relationship, when there is um, what, what the Torah is called in this week's parasha, the Haftalarecha Kamaycha. Love and rooting for their success um, and real genuine care. Um, and often as one is ob- able to overcome, overcome uh, these, ob- these obstacles. And anti-jealousy is developing uh, a, a real feeling um, and in terms of communication once once a person feels love for someone else so then they'll find a way to communicate in, in a way that creates uh, harmony um, and creates partnership and doesn't negate doesn't criticize doesn't judge um, love is uh, the background, um, and it's often overlooked. Friendships become technical. Um, they become, um, you know, again, again, what we're talking about with friendship is not a, a partnership of convenience where you help me and I help you, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Friendship, real friendship, is one when there's real love. Um, I care about this person. You know, it's 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 a it's a story that I'm always amazed about. I'm always just. Uh, I can't even get my head around it just because it's 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 something that we're just not used to. Uh, but it's it's a story of, of of a love between two brothers, 
um, uh, Moses and Aaron. Um, and what, what's, what's unbelievable is, is that God speaks to, he appears to Moses in, in, in a form of a burning bush. And uh, for, for almost two weeks, it, it, it's trying to, uh, God is trying to encourage and cajole um, and negotiate Moses to go and save the Jewish people. And we know that, that Moses cared immensely about the Jewish people. Uh, he could have lived a life of luxury in the palace, and nevertheless, he steps out of out of the palace to, to feel their pain and to empathize with them. And nevertheless, he doesn't want to take on the job, doesn't want to take on this mantle of power, this mantle of leadership. And the reason is, is because he's so concerned about the honor of Aaron, he's afraid that Aaron's his older brother. And really, this job, this, this role of leadership, should have been Aaron's uh, 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 role. And he doesn't want to hurt his brother. Doesn't want his brother. There was no ego here. There was no... Um, this is about me, um, and, 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 and me, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And what's even more amazing is that God turns around to Moses and says, don't worry, uh, uh, you know, I've looked into your brother's heart, so to speak, and he's, and, and he knows about this and he's very happy for you. That means there's no remnant of jealousy, of anger, of, uh, uh, uh of resentment in Aaron's heart. That, 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 that. That's the sort of, of partnership that can be created when there's a real, I know they're brothers, uh, but, but when, they, when, they, when there's fertile ground for real love and really caring about the other person, and I guess understanding uh, yeah, and, and perspective. One needs perspective to develop this. Again, I'm not saying this is an easy thing, but I really feel that the questions you asked me before about jealousy, avoiding jealousy and communication, these are all things that when there's real love, and care about the other person, rooting for their success, wanting the best for them, then things uh, fall into place. Absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like it's so important to maintain the love when there's communication, size, potential for hurt. The most important thing, you're right, I think, you know, you communicate love throughout, even when you're going through bumpy periods, and then it, 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 should, it should grow. Um, I think that's definitely uh, been borne out in my experience of friendship. And I, and I have to say, I find it, you know, you're saying the importance of friendship, even when you enter into marriage. And of course, your spouse should be your friend as well. And I, I find it so difficult when I see some people who throw away friendships after, you know, they get married or whatever, they feel settled or whatever it is. And um, to me, that, that it, it shows it wasn't really a particularly strong friendship in the first place. Um, but I just think the whole approach of, you know, not needing uh, uh, friends um, is just naive. Sometimes, you know, at the very least, it's good to have that objective outsider that can look in on your life and challenges that can, you know, guide you. And I think also the same is true of a mentor. Um, and, you know, we're not actually have, devoting a, a section to talking about a relationship between, um, you know, a person and a mentor. But I think that's essential as well. And in, in that same verse that you quoted in, in Pirkei Avot about uh, acquiring a friend it also says make for yourself a mentor or, or a rabbi um, and it's that whole thing of having that outsider's perspective that understands you knows you cares about you loves you that can offer you wisdom guidance discipline maybe you know yeah, yeah. just 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 on that point i think i think what you bring up is a very important insightful uh, point um we, we as human beings one of our biggest challenges is uh, our, our inability to clearly see our own situation. Um, we're so coloured, our perspective is so coloured and distorted by um, projections, um, 
our own uh, tendencies, uh, whether it's uh, selfishness or, or arrogance or whatever, whatever it may be, it's very difficult to see things clearly. And I think that, and again, I'm not advocating here <laughs> a, a therapy, uh, but someone in one's life, whether it's a rabbi or whether it's a spiritual mentor, whether it's a good friend, whether it's a spouse, um, I, I, I would say a successful human being is, is someone who has an ability to listen to other people. Um, and, and it's really a hallmark of a successful relationship. We're talking about relationships here. I mean, you know, you, you asked me before about what, what are some of the pitfalls. Uh, um, I, I, would, I would say that the major uh, global uh, macro uh, pitfall in any relationship, uh, whatever that may be, is arrogance, is an inability uh, to, 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 to see things clearly and not be open to advice, not be open to direction, uh, and not be open to uh, someone, someone, uh, someone giving what we call teichacha, uh, uh, which, which is a rebuke. Um, it sounds a bit harsh when it's translated into English, but really it's, 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 it's a way of clarifying for someone uh, that the path that they might be leading or the decision they might be making or the behavior they're engaged in is not the best thing for them. Um, and I, I would say that if, if someone is, is arrogant to the extent that they can't be open to someone else, uh, then, then, then they're, they're not going to have successful relationships. A, a, pre, a prerequisite for um, uh, uh, any relationship, any successful relationship, is a level of humility, a level of openness. And to the extent, of course, it's the spectrum. Uh, uh, no one is fully uh, hu humble um, and, and no one is fully arrogant. Uh, but I, I, I definitely think if, if they were correlated to the extent that a person has uh, arrogance, um, to that extent, he's going to struggle with relationships. And to the extent a person has humility and is open to the perspective of other people and to hearing other people, to that extent, he's going to have successful relationships. I, I really feel that the uh, underlying cornerstone uh, of relationship and a person to have relationships in any of these areas is his ability to be uh, humble and to be open it doesn't mean he has to be a, a doormat that people walk on him that that's not what humility really is uh, but but uh, humility and, and openness uh, to, to other people's advice guidance and objective uh, objective opinion because people are subjective we human beings we, we can't existentially we can't live life uh, in a vacuum on our own, making our own decisions. We're so distorted and our perspective is so coloured uh, uh, that, that we can't see things clearly. Absolutely, absolutely. Fine, so let's do one final relationship. Um, husband and wife, spouse, partners, um, and perhaps as well people going through a dating phase. Um, what are the important factors to consider here? I'm sure many of the themes that you've discussed in other relationships will apply here as well. Um, but talk us through some of the most important things to bear in mind. I mean, obviously, trust, trust and respect. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, hard to come, it's hard to come up with new principles just because so much of what we said already uh, has been covered. Well, what, um, I, what I guess but, I'd but, ask is what are the key, well, you, you know, I'm sure you see, you, I'm sure in your um, uh, therapy, you, you deal with people who are having marital issues. Uh, what, are, what are the biggest sort of issues that you find happening and what, what are some of the biggest pitfalls that let, lead people to yeah. get there? Right. I, I, t I tell you something that I've seen, <laughs> interestingly enough, amongst, um, amongst couples that I feel um, are successfully able to go through therapy. Uh, um, 
and work on themselves with couples therapy um, and, and able to, uh, to, to to build a healthy relationship afterwards is, is interestingly enough, uh, we haven't really touched upon this before, but, but I think it's an important human quality uh, and it's not talked about, uh, about enough. It's often humor, a sense of humor. Um, you know, an ability to laugh at oneself in a situation um, is a very powerful tool. Again, it's not it's not the it's not the thing that I would bring up. It's not it's not the uh, top priority. But there's something about um, uh, uh, a, a camaraderie between uh, between a couple. Um, I've seen couples that have uh, you know even if they're fighting with each other and they're angry with each other um, and uh, at each other's throats when there's if, if they have a sense of humour um, that they're able to sort of like laugh almost like a playful quality. To, to their relationship, and of course, this takes time to develop. Um, but but I but I think I think it's important uh, that they can laugh at each other or laugh at something that's happened. If there's if if there's a dimension to their relationship um, where 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 humour has a place, uh, I, I think it's a very powerful tool, and it says a lot about the relationship where the relationship is at. Um, you know, obviously, a relationship where there's criticism um, and knocking each other down—that that's obviously uh, you know the uh, basic no-nos. Um, judgment and criticism, yeah. So that's uh, that's that's something that's uh, important. Um, I think you mentioned before about dating and about marriage. Um, the, the 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 challenge of dating is is that you don't really know really know a person, and they don't know you. Um, and it's not because you haven't spent enough time with each other. It's just that you haven't really seen each other under stress. Um, the, the nature of marriage is one of stress. Stress, whether it's financial stress, if it's uh, uh, stress with health, uh, stress as uh, uh, bringing up children, not, not, having, not having enough sleep, uh, being woken up in the middle of the night, uh, uh, demands. Um, I mean, one of the things that's really been highlighted in the whole lockdown period is... Um, you know, any vulnerability that's been in a relationship, uh, people have been able to overlook it and overcome it. Um, it's come back to haunt them, so to speak, in, in, in lockdown, because uh, there's no room for that. You know, you're, you're spending with, with, uh, enormous amount of time with, with your spouse and with your family. And if there are issues there, lockdown is highlighted. Whatever's been there, if there's been a small crack, it's, it's, it's become bigger. So I, I would say that um, one of the challenges of dating is meeting someone. And if anything, um, it, it, it would be if there's, if there's any way to engineer some sort of a stress or if stress develops, I think it's a good idea to see how someone behaves under stress, to see how someone reacts and responds under stress. Uh, and you don't see that in dating. Dating is often, um, uh, you know... <laughs> Laughter and, uh, and and sharing and uh, and caring for each other and, and you know but but it, but, it, but it's not, it's, it's, not it's not real life um, and therefore even even people that live with each other even the couples that live with each other it's still not it's still not real life there's something about becoming married and building a building a family with someone that becomes uh, uh, stressful but isn't wouldn't you say ultimately so, really the purpose of dating is not to experience those deep stressful moments. Um, it's really just to build, you know, those positive feelings towards one another so that you can withstand the stress when it happens in life. 
So I lost you. I, lo I lost. You. I lost you when you said it isn't the purpose of dating. Okay. So can you hear me now? Yeah. So isn't the purpose of dating actually? It's not to really test those stresses and strains of how someone acts. It's actually just to build those positive feelings and, and love towards one another, so that when you go into the marriage, you can with withstand the strain and the stress because you have those, you know, that warmth of feeling towards the other. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You can't you you can't expect more from more from dating than, than than what you can do. Um, obviously. Um, but I'm just I'm just pointing out for many of the people that might be listening to this that there is a difference, obviously, between between dating and marriage. A dating a marriage is not going to look like what your dating looks like. Uh, for us uh, for us who are married, that's obvious. But for for people who are dating, uh, it's not so obvious. Uh, a marriage is a totally different. Uh, a ballpark, totally, a totally different uh, uh, scenario. Um, but as you say, dating is looking for the positives and the the the. the uh, do I respect this person? Um, can I? Uh, do we? Do we? Uh, is, is there mutual care and support and 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 and, and love uh, that we can build something on? And what are the most important, um, you know, things to bear in mind when the relation a relationship does come under those strains and stresses, especially once. The, both people are married. Um, it's very difficult to say because I, I'm, I'm seeing clients that are under an unusual. We're not talking about those. They're at the end of the spectrum. If someone has come to uh, couples counselling. They're usually um, at, a, at a very serious stage in their relationship where they're either contemplating divorce or the relationship is a very bad place. It's people's tendency to leave things to fester. Um, people don't often have the foresight um, to really stop their busy lives and, 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 and uh, you know, the, the resources they're involved in, in investing in their relationship until it's too late, often, sadly, unfortunately. So I'm often seeing people... Um, in, in, in a very bad state in their relationship. You're talking about people who love each other and care for each other, and they've uh, I, I think they're going through a difficult patch, uh, let, let's say. Uh, so obviously, to take time out, uh, uh, we create an, an environment of where uh, loving, open honest communication to take place where there's no criticism and there's no judgment, limited criticism, limited judgment, where each one can really hear the other and, 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 and listen to the other um, to, to restore that partnership. Um, yeah. So, so that, that's something that, uh, uh, yeah. And, and to do that regularly, that has to be something that's done, done regularly. You know, people call it a date night, let's say, but, but time, time taken out from a hectic, busy schedule. I know in today's day and age, it's almost impossible to do that, but it's, it's essential to carve out space whereby the couple can, uh, you know, sharpen the saw when they can uh, hear each other and touch base with each other, uh, keep their finger on the pulse of the relationship, uh, things that, just just not allowing things to fester. What bothers, you know, uh, things that bother each other and, uh, and 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 to air it out and discuss and to speak to each other about it in a, in a loving mutual respectfully uh, 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 a dynamic um, otherwise 
few years down the line and it's 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 uh, uh sometimes difficult to repair sadly well uh, rabbi uh i think this was uh really really insightful uh, our conversation that we've had um i think our viewers are going to gain a lot from this um perhaps some topics people will find more helpful uh, than others but i think you shared a lot of really really important insights and thank you so much uh, rabbi yoni hamilton for joining us it's really greatly appreciated ollie thank you so much so nice to see you again and keep well and keep safe thank you so much to stay up to date with jtv content click subscribe here if you're on youtube and hit the alarm bell and if you're on facebook hit the like button and under following, click see first. If you enjoy watching JTV content and want to help us continue to grow, please consider making a donation to us by clicking here.